Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders good cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Everybody and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour as it's the post-2022 NFL Draft episode. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and as always, I am joined by Connor Donald. Connor, I have to I have to do one thing, and I, and I didn't think in a million years I would do this. Howie Roseman. Congratulations, Howie Roseman. I said that they should have waited until after the draft to give him that three-year extension. He earned it, plus a couple of more years. He killed the draft. And I can't wait to talk about this. I'm excited for camps to start. Uh, he, he hit a home run. He hit a grand slam, I think. Did an outstanding job um, this weekend. And starting with Jordan Davis, getting A.J. Brown and so forth, Howie Roseman deserves a lot of credit. And all that ill will that we've had towards him, we can back off for, for at least, you know, up until training camp. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I spent the majority of my weekend on Twitter and going back and forth with some people as I posted my commentary as the draft picks happened. Mostly the Cam Jurgens one. I There was a ton of heat for that that pick. And then when N'Kobe Dean went, the heat just wore right off. And But I spent the majority of this weekend just focused around, uh, you know, Twitter and making sure to get all the content out and it was wild keeping up with everything how he was doing and everything that was happening with the Philadelphia Eagles but I have to agree with you man I couldn't be happier with how things turned out I think even if he kind of missed on the draft the AJ Brown trade alone was the home run that makes anything that he did with that draft he could have had an F graded draft and that's still he still comes out as a passable grade for this weekend because of that trade. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it was a really good, it was a great draft altogether. I think like, you know, nobody knew what to expect from this draft. It was so unexpected. And clearly this goes out to prove our draft boards mean nothing to the I'm NFL. They could right. care. Yeah. They could care less about us because they have their own mock drafts. They have their own boards and they have their own ideas and that's exactly what they put forward and what they showed because I didn't expect a lot of the guys who were going on day three to even be drafted. And then some of the guys who are going as UDFAs, I expected to be drafted. Yeah, well, so, well, we'll get into that because the Eagles had a couple of UDFAs that are prominent guys, the guys that probably should have been drafted. But before we continue, uh, we're going to uh, introduce Shane. Uh, me, Shane, uh, me and him have been doing these things since the beginning. Right, was it been like how long have we been doing this? Five, six, seven years now. Five um, years, six years, yeah. Yeah, um, and so we're gonna welcome, welcome Shane uh, into the show. What were your your immediate thoughts on the on the draft and what um, Howie Roseman was able to do throughout the draft? Yeah, I, I think a lot of of what Connor said is is accurate. Right, um, as exciting as some of the the picks and pieces were. Um, I think it's a very different feeling if you don't include the AJ Brown thing. So I think when you look in totality in the entire off season, um, you know, that home run grand slam, you know, term that you guys both used, um, 
that that's how I'm feeling. It, it's I, I mean, I'm just I'm so ecstatic for for what this team on paper looks like right now. Uh, you know, you mentioned we'll, we'll give them some slack until training camp starts, but um, and I think that's appropriate here in Philadelphia. You know, short leash. Exactly. Um, I said but, Thursday night. I said I wasn't gonna <laughs> I wasn't gonna say a bad thing about him until the next day. And then, he, and then he went and somehow got Nicobe Dean in the third round, and I couldn't say anything bad about him. And how can you? <laughs> um, and it's just awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super stoked. So it's uh, it's a good time to be an Eagles fan right now. Definitely is. But before yeah, we-, we really we definitely have to wait because like there's people out there going on about Carson Strong and looking at a new starting quarterback and not even wanting to give Jalen Hurts the time of day and to have ESP out there trying to put out the flames that are people pushing for Carson Strong tells you all you need to know. Everything was done that needed to be done to give this one last year for Jalen Hurts, this one last opportunity. Let's be real. Carson Strong is an undrafted free agent. There is no way, unless a bomb falls on Jalen Hurts, there is no way Jalen Hurts is not the starter. But also... There are no more excuses for Jalen Hurts. He has mm-hmm. the offense. He better be able to put up numbers. But before we get into that and into to this team, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHerald54. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane underscore Mead. And you can also follow the painted lines at the painted lines, if I got that right. Correct. And thepaintedlines.com. You there you go. And thepaintedlines.com and the painted lines on YouTube, wherever um, where, you know, follow them as well. So before we go forward, just one shout out to Mitch who's in the uh, who's in the comments right now. He was here for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. helped us do our mock draft shows, and we could not be more grateful for him joining us and for us probably going. I would project we got about one out of 32 picks, and if we put our Eagles won into the mix. We probably got one out of what, like 60 picks, right? Like we probably got almost nothing right, but well, we also I mean, didn't expect what happened. So let's be okay. Like looking at the draft in totality, and we actually have a question, which we'll get to when we talk Nicobe Dean. I can't wait to talk Nicobe Dean because I, I said it when Alabama and Georgia faced, look at that Georgia defense, even look at the Alabama defense, all your draft picks come from those two teams and you'll be fine. The Eagles got two, and they even got Josh Job as an undrafted free agent, which was awesome. Um, but looking at the draft in totality, the first round, I should say, in totality, the first 10 picks, there were no trades. After that, it went wild. 10 trades. The first quarterback didn't come off until the 20th overall pick, and there wasn't another quarterback selected until the third round. Uh, I think within the first 100 picks, there was only one quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, like, it's ridiculous how – we all misjudged this quarterback class. Now we now we said that the quarterback class was if this is why the Eagles, you know, didn't want to. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw that comment. That's uh, that, that's a good question. Um, we 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 finish your thoughts and then we'll bring it I up. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. So like we knew that the quarterback class wasn't that great, and we thought next year's class was going to be a lot is gonna, supposed supposedly going to be a lot better, and that's why the Eagles wanted to have that the multiple first rounders next year. But I never thought that Malik Willis would go. You know, Desmond Ritter would go ahead of Malik Willis. Like really Malik Willis going to Tennessee, which I think is actually a really good spot for him. But you think about it, 15, the most in the modern draft era, 15 Georgia players went in the draft, five defensive players in the first round, not including the Kobe Dean. And 
just for Shane's sake, zero Texas players got drafted this year. <laughs> I looked into it before we got on. Zero. <laughs> We're back, second. baby. It's always the year. We're back. <laughs> zero. Well, they got Bijan Robinson next year. That's going to be the top running back drafted. But still, zero Texas players drafted. No, but it's crazy. Like it, we always used to talk about that Alabama dominance. All like that's Alabama churns out professional professionals. You have more. Um, you have smart Kirby Smart. Who, who's running this Georgia program? He came from the, the Alabama, from the the Nick Saban tree. They're built the same way. This is why when these two get together, it's always a fist fight. It's always a battle. And these are the type of players you want. They've been through the grind. They know what it takes to 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 go through a tough schedule, to go through to be in a tough type of defense, to play big game after big game. And as Jalen Hurts and, and Jordan Davis, you know, after Davis got drafted, Jalen Hurts reached out to him. What did he say? They're ring chasing. And that's as fans, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear this leadership. If there's one thing Jalen Hurts has, it's great leadership. And we've never doubted that. I need to see it on the field now. Give me Mm -hmm. it on the field before we can, you know, say you are the franchise. We want, you know, you're going to be here long term. I need to see it on the field. He missed too many throws last year. He can't do that with with the amount of weapons he's going to have on offense, which we're going to dive into, especially with the A.J. Brown trade. He needs to pick up. Um, the slack this year and be the the focal point of that offense. Yeah, and I mean, you 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 alluded to Alabama and Georgia, and I think the biggest thing, and and we talked about it during the mock draft, um, especially when we drafted Sauce Gardner, and we were talking about Group of Five versus Power Five, and I think there's a whole other argument to be made about the SEC. There's a reason SEC dominates drafts because it is the most NFL-like, most NFL-ready players that come out of it. And I understand that it should be take group of five should be taken with a grain of salt because when you've got like Sauce Gardner come out who didn't allow a touchdown in three years of his college playing career, that's extremely impressive. And that it, it I will never discount that. But you do still have to think about that. There's a reason the SEC absolutely dominates draft after draft after draft. Because those are the guys who go on to find the greatest success on the NFL stage. And they dominate national championship after national champion. Like if if you look at back at you know, since the since they went to the the college football playoff, I think Ohio State won it one year, if I'm not mistaken, but it's been Alabama, it's been Georgia. Like th- that's who's in it. That's who Clemson. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if they won. I, I can't remember if they won the, the, the CFP, but like they've been so, you know, an ACC team here and there. But like the Pac 12 is always left out. The big, the big uh, 12 is, is left out. The Big 10 sometimes, like if it's not Ohio State, who is it? Because, you know, Penn State's a fraud. Um, Michigan's usually a fraud. Michigan State's usually a fraud. Um, so, like, but but when you look at the SEC, you, well, a lot of people say it's a it's a top heavy league because you have Alabama and you have Georgia, but there's consistency. Ole Miss, coached by Lane Kiffin, they're gonna be they're going to be there usually year in and year out because Lane Kiffin is a really good coach. It doesn't matter what he did in the past at Ole Miss, he's a good coach. You expect Mike Leach to be a good coach at um, at Mississippi. Um, you ex- you expect U- USC should, uh, South, should South start Carolina? to make well. Well, oh, you're talking about the the the, the Southern California. I, I was talking, just talking yeah. about the the SEC and even Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher at Texas A&M. He mm-hmm. he has the top ranked, um, you know, recruiting class coming in. Just the SEC is different. It just means like their their slogan is it just means more. Literally, it does. The South is all about the football, all about football. And you know, if you can't compete with those guys, like I said, 
for if, if I'm if I'm a GM, I'm looking at the Alabamas, I'm looking at the Georgias, and I'm trying to draft a bunch of players from those teams because I know they're ready and I know they're gonna come in NFL ready. Anything but, you want to add, Shane? Yeah. Yo, I just enjoy listening to you guys talk. This is nice. <laughs> uh, it's been five years uh, of you know since we've been on shows together. Um, no, I, look, I think you're you're 110 correct. And when you take a look, especially with recruiting classes out, like you mentioned, it, this is like like hand in the air. I'm a Texas fans, so I'm in perpetual misery over here. Um, but when you take a look <laughs> at the state of Texas and, and that should be a powerhouse and is a powerhouse for recruits. Even in that state, in their own state, they cannot compete with what's going to come of the SEC because, just as you mentioned, it just means more. The best players in the world at that level understand that is where they need to go in order to give them the absolute best chance at getting into the NFL. They're playing NFL-ready talent. They're playing in in NFL-ready programs. They're playing with the best in the world at that age bracket, at that, that, well, you know, class bracket. And it's... To me, you take a look at, at all of these other programs across the country, and it's like, I don't want to say why bother, you know, but like, it, it's definitely, it's like NCAA football light out there, man. Like, it's just atrocious. Well, you sit there and you see some teams going, you know, 12 and 0, you know, 11 and 1, you know, whatever it may be, and then just getting smacked in the playoffs because they have no business being there. It's wild. Notre Dame. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joke of a program. <laughs> But, like, Texas and Oklahoma are going to find this out in a couple of years when they go to the SEC. We found they, it out last year. Yeah, we got blown to, out in week three. To Whatever. Arkansas. Then you lose yeah, to, to Kansas, that. too, by the way. Lost to everybody. But, like, look at it. Because right now, Oklahoma and Texas are at the top of the Big 12. or Big Yeah, Big 12. But when they go to the SEC, they're going to be in mid-tier programs. That You're best. not going to be able – like, good luck to, to those programs. And I know – and I think um, – what, what who's the um, – Who's the new coach? So at? you're old coach of Oklahoma, um, who's now at USC. Why can't I? Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. He kind of left. I think he saw like he has a better chance of winning at USC than he will at, um, at Oklahoma going into the SEC. Um, and now, now that is going to be the Pac-12's best chance to get into the college football playoff. But I kind of want to digress because we, we went a little further into that than I wanted to. But let's 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 talk about this first round of the draft. Uh, was anybody surprised that Trey? I think we actually picked. Did you? We picked Trayvon Walker in our mock draft last week to go number one. Um, was it a big surprise? Uh, yeah. when- I feel like I picked him, but I really didn't want to. I said the pick should be has to Aiden be Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, but I think I went Walker because we know Trent Balky at this point. He is. We should not feel bad. We should not hate on Howie when you look at some of these other men. Look at what Chicago did. They are setting Justin Fields up to absolutely face plan look fails. Look at what so they Atlanta did. From him. Look, look at, at what Atlanta, Atlanta did. Drake look London, what, really? And that like, was a okay, bit. Don't, don't get me wrong. Trent Balky kind of turned it around after. Devin Lloyd, great pick. Chad Muma, great pick. Like He went off and he picked it up, but you have the number one pick in the draft. This is a franchise alter and player. You got Trevor Lawrence. Last year, huge franchise alter and player. Aiden Hutchinson is a franchise alter and player. Trayvon Walker is a guy who has is coming off nine sacks. Like it wasn't even that big. And how much was he a byproduct of that defensive line? Aiden Hutchinson did it with well, obviously he had a good defensive line as well. David Ajabo on the other side, which you could talk about. But Aiden Hutchinson, you watch his tape and you sit there and you're like, man, this guy is going to dominate at the NFL level. Is because he just 
I actually have no issue with them taking Trayvon Walker. Like we just were talking about how the SEC is like more NFL mm-hmm. ready. And I get it. That Georgia program, a bunch of five, like they have five, as I mentioned, they have five first rounders from that defense get drafted this year. Um, and that, and, and there are a bunch of five-star players that, that come out and you, you can rotate them in just like Alabama. You're just rotating five stars in five stars out. Um, but I think that Trayvon Walker is going to fit what they want to do defensively. And like you said, they got Devin Lloyd, they got uh, Muma, like, so they're building it up. So I, I kind of have no issue with that. I want to go down to Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner. Shane, were you surprised that Stingley went? And I'll give my, I'll let you know what I thought after you get, uh, after you give us your thoughts. Um, yes, specifically for, for last year. Um, you know, I think when you take a look at, at the, the overall body of work in the early part, of his time um, uh, at LSU, like it's there. There was no one better to watch, um, you know. But he, he certainly didn't have that, uh, in my opinion, over the uh, since what 2019, I guess it was. It was 2019 his first year? Um, the year they won the and sauce, yeah. And I mean, just ridiculous, um, you know. And sauce, I, I think not unlike what Connor was saying, you know, it, it's there was. There's just like that's just a sexy thing to sit there and say. If you talk about a D back who's played in any program, you know, who doesn't allow a touchdown over the entirety of his like, I don't care where you went to school, you go to Little, Little Sisters of the Poor, you didn't give up a touchdown. Congratulations, I am impressed with you. And that's it's just it's an extremely sexy thing. Um, and to me, I, I just watching footwork, watching, um, you know, watching the way that you know he checks hips, it's just he's. He's an, an incredibly special talent. I do think he's going to be, uh, you know, an exception to the SEC rule here. So to me, yeah, I, I was I was pretty surprised uh, I, that that was the direction gone. I actually think Stingley got bored the last two years, which which is bad to say. Like that that could be a character flaw. It could be, and you might be like, right. His thing, he could be. Look at my 2019 team. He was a what an 18 year old, 19 year old freshman on the best team in college football and dominated. You, that's all he has to do is they watch my. That, that's my take. Um, and I get it. Like, they could play to not get hurt, right? Like, that's yeah. unfortunately that's the way that college football, college sports like, in general is. Ross Tucker mm-hmm. talks about this. Like, you have to be three years out of high school in order to go to, to the NFL. Like this year, why they're, they're not gonna sit out? But why? Why is Will Anderson and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud? Why are they playing this year? Like, we were talking about guys that could potentially be the number one overall pick next year, especially a Will Anderson who nobody's gonna be able to block this year for Alabama. Like, why would he risk? Like Kayvon Thibodeau should have been able to go pro two years ago. He he, while he went he went number five overall coming into the college football season. He was the consensus number one guy, and dropped a couple of space because injuries. And then maybe like you just said, Shane, maybe he kind of was playing not to get injured, and that affects people. Like I get that you have to have a man's body, but like Jadavion Clowney had to wait three years to go pro. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau three years to go pro. Will Anderson now three years to go pro. Like, oh, Thibodeau, by the way, is just a beast. By the way, and I, what and a mammoth of a human! Going to jump to it next to the Giants. I miss David Gettleman running the Giants because <laughs> there's no way he would have went to yeah. the mill. They would have went a wide receiver. They would have went a running back. Like they would have yeah. did something. Wrong. But no, like J- Joe Shane a nice is draft. now smart. They have a smart general manager. They have a smart coach, and you know they actually picked the right players. And as an Eagles fan, it kind of sucks. What do you think, Connor? 
No, I completely agree. I mean, one of the biggest ones I'll question is the Wondell Robinson pick. I didn't think that that needed to be made, but I understand if they're going to move on from Kadarius Tony potentially, sure. if they're going to move Darius on from Slayton Darius Slayton, like multiple names they might move on from. Okay, take your shot. But as far as Stingley goes, like th- this comes back to Terrace Marshall last year as well. There was like Terrace Marshall, people love Terrace Marshall. And but then they said, what about the effort? Did he get bored? Was he getting tired of playing college football? Same thing came up. I mean, lucky the NIL exists now. So yeah. some of these guys are given a reason and a purpose to play those three years out. But look at Justin Ross. He is a prime example right now of a guy. And so many people are saying, this is why you should have paid college players. Justin That's Ross will shame. never get paid and given the right due respect that he deserves for the amazing year that he had before he literally broke his back for football. And that is what has cost well, him. His neck, he had a neck it was his neck. Yeah, yeah, it was his yeah. neck. And, and he's like, still not signed. And he's still not signed. And the biggest thing well, becomes. People think that he can't play. If he takes another hit, he's going to be. Exactly. But that exactly. That's the biggest thing right now is if he takes a hit to the back, the wrong way, an awkward hit, that's his career. This man mm-hmm. is done. Doesn't matter how much money you're paying for the guy. The NFL is a heartless league, but to the same point, I think some of these teams are like, I don't want to be responsible for paralyzing this dude. Like, look at what happened in Pittsburgh when um, the the linebacker there. The, she's the, here. The, she's here. The, the head on head on head, and he's just getting back to walking and all this stuff. No team wants to feel responsible for that. And when the warning is already there with a guy like Justin Ross, you don't want to be the one that's there. So, I mean, that to me, that's – it breaks my heart, but Derek Stingley, if he did get bored, that is absolutely a character flaw. I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't think it was a character flaw. Um, he did that, have a bunch of injuries. He did have some injuries. I understand. Like, there's injuries, and injuries happen, but, like, character flaws are something to check about, too. And and you can tell Sauce Gardner never had that flaw of, I'm not, I'm, I'm too good for this. I'm not going to play. No, that dude played to the very last snap for that for Cincinnati so yeah and, and you have to think like I don't know the Jets are hoping that they got in the next uh Darrell Revis like mm-hmm. now did that result in a Super Bowl for the Jets no but I th- also like and this was back in the Rex Ryan days and whatnot but I think that they have a better foundation around they're hoping anyway that they have a better foundation around you know Zach Wilson with Garrett Wilson and you know Brees Hall with Michael uh Michael Carter um, you know, Corey Davis, and, and if they can fix that offensive line, the offense should be all right. And on the defensive side of the ball, it seems like the secondary is going to be good. Um, the linebackers are, will be all right. And then that front four, if the front four can get after the quarterback. If the, the only the, the problem with the Jets, though, that division that they're playing in, like the Bills are really good. Um, the Dolphins have the potential to be good. And the Patriots are the Patriots. So, like, we know that Belichick doesn't like to lose and will do – even if it means cheating. If the <laughs> man doesn't like to lose, man, what a poor draft did he have. <laughs> it, I, yeah. That is a dude that does Cole not Strange know how is... to draft. He he needs to be two more running backs. Like, my man. Yeah. Why? Right, so, um, there were six receivers drafted in this first round. Drake London went to Atlanta, Garrett Wilson to the Jets, Chris Olave to New Orleans, Jamison Williams to Detroit. Jahan Dotson to Washington and Traylon Burks to, to Tennessee. And if you want to, we can include AJ Brown to the Eagles and Hollywood Brown uh, to the Cardinals. Uh, what, which, which of the one, which of the picks shocked you the most? I, 
I said Drake on London early, but I'm going to go Detroit jumping up 20 spots. 20 for spots Williams. for a receiver. I thought they were moving up for a quarterback. So did I. And it said Jamison Williams, and I was I was mind blown. That That's a Detroit move, and that's a loser organization move. What are your thoughts, Shane? <laughs> Yeah, man. I so we that's right when when you and I started texting. Which, by the way, for for anyone listening live now or when you listen uh, to to the recorded back version, this very well may be the first draft that you and I have not watched together live in like over a decade. Um, it, which is it was it was so weird, dude. I was so bored at home. I just sitting here <laughs> reacting to nothing alone. I'm just it was dumb. Um, but uh, but that was right when we started, you know, texting. It was you know right around that time anyway. And I just, you know, I remember I was trying to stay off Twitter because I wanted to, I wanted to have the live everything yeah, that sure. was, was, was going on. And when you texted me, they're just like, they're, they're going James. I was like, are you kidding me? I was, I was so upset. I wanted to take a lap around my neighborhood. I was like, well, <laughs> of course we trade up one spot too late, but, uh, but no, you know, I, I do think as talented and as, as amazing of a career as I genuinely believe the kid's going to have. Um, you just to me, you just don't jump up 20 spots for a receiver when you don't have a freaking quarterback. It's different. You know, if, yeah. if Aaron, Rod- if you know, if, if Green Bay goes and does that for Aaron Rodgers, God bless you, because that guy needs it. It's absurd how much they hate that man in the front office over there. But this team, why? So my only thought about that is maybe Detroit's thinking the same thing that we're thinking. And this quarterback class year. isn't that great. Next year's is better. Than- sure. They're not expecting to be good next year. You get a top five. Oh wait, no, they had to trade that pick, didn't they? I think they had to trade their first round pick next year, so not anymore. Like, I don't get it now because if they don't have a first rounder next year, well, that is, they made they made that trade with um with Minnesota, then that 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 makes it even worse. Like, you don't have that first rounder next year to where you can potentially get a quarterback in a class that should should you know should be better. But Connor, um, what are your your thoughts on the wide receivers? Uh, which pick surprised you the most? Um, did you then, did you uh, the, the you're talking about the Lions not having a first next year? Do they? I, I didn't know they what have they, they have two. They have their own. They kept their own, and they have the Rams from the Matt Stafford. Oh right. So did they trade? Did they trade one of those to Minnesota for that? No. Nope. To jump nope. up twenty spots, they didn't. No, they those. leveraged 32, 34, and I can't remember. I don't know. Well, good the, for them. The, okay. the, the prospect of the back end ones. It's still you did move up twenty spots. You lost your leverage of thirty two and thirty four, and 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 another pick. I think a third round pick and stuff. Um, here we got Rufus Rogers hopping in here. Man, I think the Detroit move for the wide receiver was a great move. You had no shot at getting him later, and they fleeced him in that trade. Um, I just I still don't know if you tr- move up twenty spots for a receiver though. When like Shane like, said, you don't you have a look, quarterback. If you look at the run, it was happening. If you felt you needed to get in on a franchise wide receiver. And to be honest, Jameson Williams is one of my favorite of this class. Like it's through. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Lions have a lot of, uh, of just good history, having franchise-altering wide receivers. They've just they've won so many Super Bowls with <laughs> wide receivers <laughs> of talent. It's ridiculous. They they probably, you're they right. Just, they probably could have sat there and done something different. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, to me. The biggest surprise at wide receiver was Jahan Dotson. I did not see him going oh, 16. Absolutely. I am 100% That's happy of who took the pick. I'm glad the commanders Washington. decided to take that shot because I absolutely 
by all means, go and get Jahan Dotson. But Jahan Dotson, to me, he's really good. I think he does some things. His catch radius out of this world. I absolutely love it. I watched his tape. I enjoyed every second of that tape. Um, but at the end of the day, Jahan Dotson, to me, is not like great if, Terry McLo- if Terry McLaurin leaves, Jahan Dotson is not going to. Here's this circle, circle going into the circle, you know, the perfect replacement. No, no, he's not. Terry, like Jahan Dotson to me doesn't have the size. There's things that, that like he may struggle against press coverage because of his size, because of his play strength. He does a lot of things well, but I struggle to understand why he went that high. I think he there's a possibility the commanders could have traded back if Jahan Dotson was the guy on the board and there was nowhere else you wanted to go. But like I said, we're Eagles fans, so I'm going to accept that well, the commanders made that move, but it was a shocking one for me. Well, yeah, well, like you said, though, the, the, the run on receivers was happening, and they, they did trade back with um, with New Orleans so that New Orleans can get Chris Olave. Um, is Traylon Burks better than Jahan Dotson? I guess it depends on the system. Um, but I want to talk about AJ Brown because how he was able to trade 18 and a couple and, and you know a couple other things to Tennessee to get AJ Brown. And the one thing I'm looking at is look, I love Jamison Williams. I think he's gonna be really good. I, I, I like Chris Olave, I think he's gonna be good. Garrett Wilson's gonna be good. I'm not high on Drake uh, London. I'm not that high on Jah- Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. He has a chance. We know what AJ Brown is. He's a 24-year-old in the prime of his career that's pretty much an all-pro receiver. We know what we're getting. I think Howie did an outstanding job. And there was no talk about it, which is the crazy part. Like, I know that they did it all. I think, like, had to have been done, right, you know, on draft day leading up to that 18th pick. But, like, as soon as they made the Jordan Davis pick, which we have, we'll talk about too, but as soon as they made the Jordan Davis pick and then literally, like, five to ten minutes later it was, oh, we have a big receiver – you know, big receiver trade a couple minutes after the Hollywood Brown, you know, trade. And, and they said that AJ Brown was an Eagle. I couldn't believe it. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, we've been waiting all season and you know who we have to thank for the thank for this. Let's thank Calvin Ridley because if we had traded for <laughs> Calvin Ridley, no way we get Cal, uh, no way we get AJ Brown. And with the offense we have with the other receivers we have, I think AJ Brown fits us a lot better than Calvin Ridley would have because you have the small Devontae Smith. You have Quez Watkins who's pretty quick, but we needed that big body receiver. That's why I wanted Allen Robinson trade for DK Metcalf, but getting AJ Brown, excuse me, who's 24, you know, prime of his career. The hell are they doing making that trade, man? No excuses. (laughs) What did you say? What are they doing making that trade out uh, out there in Tennessee? It's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm happy. I do. How he's just out there fleecing people, man. I do want to, but before I make my comment on AJ Brown, so Glenn Rivers is in the comments. We will get to your comments because I do want to address that. So we will get to that because he's looking to 2023, and I'm all the talking about that. We will get to that here in like 20, 25 minutes. Um, But to me, AJ Brown, okay, um, like. I kind of posted the storyline on on in on our Twitter page. It was a week ago or two weeks ago now that they said that the manager said no chance we're not trading him. It was this past week that he was getting back with the team. He was hanging out with the coaches. He was practicing. He was working out with the team, and the team was full of confidence. And extension was getting He's done. Working out with then, Jalen Hurt. 
he was working out with Jalen Hurts too. But then draft day comes, you could tell that hit Mike Vrabel like oh, yeah. a train. He was pissed. Even he with did the say pick- that as long as he's the head coach, he wasn't going anywhere. Exactly. And then like, so even if, okay, Traylon Burks, there's a lot of comps, you know, he's, he's AJ Brown light or whatever. Okay. So you traded and people are like, well, they could have paid 25 million. They, instead of paying $25 million a year, they paid $15 million over four years. Plus they get the fifth year extension. Okay. I get that. But you have an established NFL player who does good in the NFL. And we, we have to get one second, LJ. I got to get this out. For the Eagles fans who are upset about paying $25 million to a receiver, what were you going to do when Devonta Smith's contract came due? Just let him walk because you don't want to pay him the market by then. It'll be $30 million for a wide receiver one. So you're can the, the, the feeling in is that you just want to let wide receivers walk and you can just keep drafting them. You can just keep getting Devonta Smith. Do, do we need to rewind to J. John Jalen Reger? You don't always hit. I'm picking a wide receiver. And that, so you and have like, to pay up eventually. And like you said, we have an established guy now. And that's what they get. Dallas ran into this this offseason. When you pay your quarterback, who's pretty mediocre, and you pay a running back who's really good. But, like, when you're paying them hot, a, a bunch of money, you have to sacrifice somewhere. Dallas had to trade Amari Cooper. Um, almost um, almost don't – you know, weren't almost able to bring back – they couldn't bring back Gregory. That was a different story. Almost lost to Marcus Lawrence. You know, now the Titans lost A.J. Brown. The Eagles right now are playing with a – we have a rookie, a quarterback on a rookie contract for the next couple of years. We need to – that's what they did with Carson in 2017 when they brought in Alshon Jeffrey. They, they were able to give him a little bit more money because you have a quarterback on, on a, a rookie deal. And that was even – he was getting – Carson was getting paid more than what Jalen is because Jalen was a second-round pick. Carson was the number two overall pick. Um, so you are able to – um, pay more for a certain position because you're on that rookie contract. But when you're paying mm-hmm. your quarterback a bunch of money, I think Ryan Tannehill is making the most money this upcoming year, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that that's insane for a quarterback that's middle of the road. Like, let's be real. Ryan Tannehill is a mediocre quarterback. Um, and I'm not saying, like, Jalen Hurts is going to be all that good either. But <laughs> but still, um, but, but you know, and, and, and all, there was a lot of talk that why would they want to pay A.J. Brown when they have Derrick Henry, they're going to run the ball a lot. Well, I know the Eagles ran the ball about 50% most in the league last year, if I'm not mistaken. Now they're going to want to go and throw the football. I've mentioned this time and time again. This is a passing league. You're not going to be able to win a championship by running the ball 50% of the time. It won't happen. Jalen Hurts is going to have to make throws. The Eagles have these two first-round picks next year. And I know know a little bit later we're going to want to touch base a little on the 2023 draft. But if the Eagles or Jalen Hurts can prove that he is a franchise quarterback. You know what you can do with those two first-round picks next year, which one could potentially be a top five or top ten from the Saints? Build around him. Get a, get an edge rusher. Uh, maybe get a get a, a cornerback that can that can be your true CB two until Darius Slay, because Darius Slay is not getting any younger. As much as we love him, he's getting a little bit older. You need a true CB two. Like maybe that's what they'll be able to do next year instead of packaging them picks to get into the top five to maybe potentially drafting a a Bryce Young or t- drafting a CJ Stroud or, or something like that the, to come in here and be your franchise quarterback. That's why like we thought last, we thought 2021 was the year to, for him to prove that. Fortunately for Jalen Hurts, he has 2022 to prove it, but he has no excuses. You have two legit receivers. You have a legit tight end. You have a legit running back. Your offensive line is the best running back in, 
uh, best running run blocking uh, O line in football, the best O line in football. Period. If you cannot prove yourself with this um, offense that you have around you now, you're not a franchise quarterback. Thoughts, uh, Connor? Agreed. Uh, Glenn Rivers, someone had to say it. Those aren't true Eagles fans. They don't understand economics. I absolutely agree. You are on a show right now where LJ Harrell is the biggest man to vouch for the salary cap doesn't exist. This man lives and dies. (laughs) This guy lives and dies. It doesn't exist. So don't worry how we will figure out a way to make these things work and to make these contracts work. But Shane, what were your thoughts on the AJ Brown deal? Uh, it's what you had to do, right? You know, I we've seen this front office strike out time and time and time again on, on drafting a true number one. And you, you take a look at it and look, I am someone who, if, if you've ever followed any of my other shows, like I fall just truly madly, deeply, deeply in love with prospects across all sports. <laughs> and in Philadelphia, they do nothing but let me down. <laughs> exactly. So to sit here and to say that we've made a, a move on draft day for an established 24-year-old guy who's averaging roughly 1,000 yards a year, eight touchdowns a year, in an offense featuring the best running back we've seen in five to eight years. And he's still putting up those types of numbers. To me, I was ecstatic, man. This is one of those times where I don't have to fall in love with the prospect and the idea of what somebody can become. I don't have to continue to talk myself into tight end JJ and sit here and be like, well, he's still got one more shot. Um, so to me, it was it was huge. Um, you know, I, I was finally excited about something that I definitively knew as opposed to something that I had to kind of paint in my head a little bit. Right. You know, we're, we're all sitting there painting the, un, uh, you know, what we don't know, the ununderstood. Um, and it was uh it was phenomenal. And then in terms of paying him what we have to pay him, look, you guys both nailed it for, and I'm a, I'm a Hertz guy. I know that, you know, L's a little lesser. So Connor, I love Hertz for college. You know, this. Name oh, I know. But in terms of Philadelphia Eagles, NFL version of, of Jalen Hurts, I know that we fall on different sides of the coin. Um, but to me, I, I take a look at the value in this. And this is a guy who still was able to take this team in, in for all things considered, take this team, uh, you know, to, to the playoffs last year. And you have the luxury of paying a second round starting quarterback. And that is huge. And it enables you to go in there and make those types of moves. And one thing that I do believe this organization as a whole kind of understood from what they did with the Carson thing. Now, Carson, I believe, is just a nutcase. Like it just mentally, <laughs> the guy's just insane. Get um, ready for Sam Howell, baby. So, oh. You know, oh, man. <laughs> Woo! He's already in the. They had to have a con. Oh, we could talk about that forever. They had to sit there and have a con- conversation with him. Listen, man. This is development project, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I bet you he beats the Eagles once once next year. Oh, of course he will. Um, <laughs> it'll be in really? Philadelphia on, too. This is off. But um, Monday nighter in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you take a look, man, and you know, it, it, to me, like the mental aspect of going to going to work. Think about all of us, right, in our regular day to day jobs. If we walked in the door every day to a company that you know showed us a little doubt. I don't know how confidently I would perform. I don't know how confidently either of you two would perform. And there is something to be said with that. And I understand it's a different world in sports and you just got to go in there and perform. But the reality of it is they're still human beings. And as cool, calm, and collected as Jalen has continued to show himself to be, I don't know how it, it, it comes across if he is constantly not seen as the guy. And even if it's just the guy for one more year to give him that choice, they've sure as hell given him a lot of weapons now. 
and and he should be excited. The fan base should be excited. No one should give a damn that we're paying a, a wide receiver one in a passing league twenty five million dollars. Uh, we're not paying what the the Dolphins are paying Tyreek Hill. We are not, pay- and we didn't pay to acquire him. It's huh? absurd. I we 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 nothing. It's like a bag of chips. Here you go. Yeah, like what what we actually paid for him is nothing compared to what these other teams had to pay for the wide receivers they got. I get we're upset we weren't in on some of these wide receivers or we were almost there on the wide receivers. The fact that he didn't have to give up multiple first rounders is massive and then throw the money down. The fact that it was like 18 and a bunch of like, I understand people are upset. People were sitting there and they were like, well, is AJ Brown really worth the 18 plus like, what was it? Three fourth rounders or two fourths and a fifth absolutely what is the hit rate of fourth and fifth round picks to the extent of what aj brown is i'm mm-hmm. sorry that so, was built right done right he did not we knew heading into this draft how he was not using all 10 draft picks oh yeah no. i didn't think he would I, cut it in half but you're right no like, a true, but you, true but we also have to look at the undrafted free agents which we're going to get into in a little bit but like they got the top two undrafted quarterbacks which was actually a surprise i didn't think that they were going to get both of them as as, as mentioned, the team is building the right way, which is true. They are building the right way. Um, we know they like to build from the inside out. So they got the offensive line secured. Their defensive line is is right there. Like, I, I personally think, and I don't agree with this, that they're moving to a 3-4. Because you think it with the, with the, the draft selection of uh, Jordan Davis, bringing in Hassan Reddick, and they have him labeled as a linebacker, but he's going to be a rushing edge. Uh, he's going to be a rushing linebacker. Kyron um, Johnson – if you saw him at the, the senior bowl, he was bullying offensive mm-hmm. tackles. He's going to be a rushing outside linebacker. Um, Noah Ellis, who they picked up as an undrafted free agent, he's a big 3-4 tackle. So while we heard time and time again last year, Jonathan Gannon said he doesn't have a, a scheme, he doesn't have a system. I think they're moving, and, I don't, and I'm not a big Got fan. Got an index of card. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the 3-4. But they're moving to a 3-4, let's be honest. And they're not going to have Fletcher Cox after next year. Hargrave, potentially, but then they have Milt Williams, who can who last year played a bunch of tackle and played a bunch, a bunch of end. So we will see how he's able – you have a linebacker too. N'Kobe Dean, one of the questions we got, what kind of impact do you expect from N'Kobe Dean in year one? They got him at, at the 83rd third pick. Now, there was, there's a lot of talk out there that he's going to need surgery, this, that, and the third. I'm going to go with if he does need surgery and he misses year one. I don't give a crap if he misses year one. You have your leader. You have your linebacker of the future, the guy that can run the defense. He was the leader of the best college defense, maybe in the history. If it wasn't the best defense in the history of college football, it was one of the top three defenses in the history of college football. You had the leader of that defense going to run your defense. You have the guy who he played behind right in front of him. You have Milton Williams. You have... Hassan Reddick, this defense is changed. All they have to do is figure you out got the back Barnett. <laughs> all they have to do is all the Eagles have to do is figure out that back four. We know we have Darius Slay. Anthony Harris is going to be a starter. They brought, I think they probably should have brought back Ronnie McLeod over him, but it is what it is. We all thought potentially Tyron Matthew was going to come. He's going to probably go to the Saints. They have to figure it out. Now they didn't sign, you know, last year they didn't sign Steve Nelson until the start of training camp. So we may not get our answer to CB2 until for the next couple of months. It just might mm-hmm. not happen. But they have the pieces now. Gannon's not going to have an excuse. 
Gannon has zero excuse, just like Jalen Hurts has zero excuse. Your thoughts, Connor? I agree. And uh, I, Mr. Crockpot's in here saying, I'm excited to see what Gannon develops this year. He's got a lot more pieces this year. Definitely an underrated storyline. This for could 22. be his last year as the defensive coordinator. There's a good chance, man. Pete, teams love this guy. There is something that we in Philadelphia clearly do not see that that other organizations are seeing. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, he's a leader. He's a good leader. Do I want him running our defense? I mean, that can go, that can be left to uh, a very interesting debate because it's tough to say. But I, I agree with Mr. Crockpot. I believe that, you know, at this point, we, he's got more to work with. He really needs to, to start working with what he's got. And if that be three, four, I think he, he is like the king of these sub schemes. He loves using these sub schemes. One, one safety, two safety, cover two, cover three variations of the three, four and the four, three. The safety's playing at citizens bank park. Anymore. <laughs> I don't want to see them that's playing true. that far back. That's true. Like you can't. Con the cover two needs to be reasonable, and that cover two was not reasonable. That cover two was ridiculous. You you gave them fifteen yards, and then said, "All right, go and release the hounds after the pass is already made at the fifteen yard mark." But to me, I agree with you. I actually like. I was looking at the free agents, and I'm like, "Damn!" Like, there's a lot of veteran cornerbacks still out there in the free agent market. And, and I'm intrigued to see, I think one of them will end up in Philadelphia. I, think, I just I think, think you have Xavier Rhodes. Um, is Joe Hayden a free agent? I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't Joe know. Joe Hayden. Yep. Yep. There, so there was like Rhodes. five or six names of, that they were, they're 29 to like 33 years old. But at the end of the day, it is what it is that to me, that, that doesn't bother me that they're, that, they're that age because you know, just like you said, LJ, that if Jalen Hurts is the answer, cornerback can be addressed next year. Maybe it might need to be addressed next year, but not in the first round if we have, if we do have to make a move for a quarterback. But at the end of the day, it didn't get addressed because the top of this class was really good, and then it fell off a lot. And I think that Howie basically told us that by trading away fifth, sixth, or sixth and seventh round picks throughout the season for guys like. Tay Gowan and Kerry Vincent. Yeah. And then he goes out and he gets Josh Jobe as a UDFA. Like he went out and he's getting these guys and he's making it a free for all. Take a shot, take a chance because they just don't, they, they just weren't in love with what came so, from day two onward. I, know, I like, we all thought Andrew Booth probably was, was a first round talent, but Agreed. Know, um, he didn't come, but we got, you know, as an undrafted free agent, Mario Goodrich, who played opposite of him, who's another outside corner. Like you mentioned Josh Job already. Um, you know, but the one thing I think will help the secondary is getting after the quarterback. Eagles were 31st in the league with only 29 sacks, which I think ties a franchise low. If they can get after the quarterback, that is going to help the secondary. The, the having actual competent linebackers is going to help the secondary. So it's still, you know, we're, what are we in? May? It's May 1st. The season starts in four months, something like that. So the, this team right now, while I think we can agree that this team on paper right now is better than the team that played Tampa in the wild card round, it's going to look a little bit different come week one, whoever we're facing, um, you know, probably at the link. It might be Washington because if we're going to play Washington at the link, I want it to be early so that Carson Wentz is actually playing. Because I, I, who knows if by the end of the year he'll be on the field. That's a different story for a different time. But like, that's what I want to see. We, we're going to have speed at linebacker. 
We're going to have the, the ends, Hassan Reddick and a healthy Brandon Graham. They should be able to get after the quarterback. You're going to have a run stuff and did tackle in the middle um, in, in Jordan Davis. And then the Kobe Dean, if he's going to be playing right away with Kaiser White, like it looks different. And I think that that's a good sign. And, and, and again, no excuses for Gannon. No excuses for Hurts. I hope Hurts is successful. I hope Hurts proves to be the number one quarterback so that those two first-rounders that we have next year, we're not wasting on a quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. the, while the next year's crop is supposed to be better than this year's, i much rather have the like the guy I know who's going to be able to, to succeed. Like, like with A.J. Brown, we know what we're getting in A.J. Brown. I want to know, look, I know – Jalen Hurts can make all the throws. He can be the franchise quarterback. I'm going to go and get a cornerback to help the defense next year, whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be. I want to go and get a defensive end because, you know, Brandon Graham might be gone. Derek Barnett's probably going to be gone. Get a defensive end that can rush the quarterback. When you can do that, you're going to build this team up, and they're going to look so much better than they do at this point right now. What are your thoughts, Shane? Yeah, look, I, I completely agree. You know, I, I keep seeing over and over again in this chat here, you know, uh, about, you know, it's put up or shut up time for Hertz and for Gannon. And in a lot of ways, look, everyone's correct. Um, I do think, and I, anyone who's listened to me or know me, uh, I loathe the Gannon experience so far. It was an extremely frustrating watch. Um, that being said, I am not naive to sit there and think that we, as an organization, did not give him the necessary tools for him to do all of the things that he wanted to do. And as a result, we saw an overly simplified vanilla kind of just passive style of defense. And in a city like Philadelphia and a fan base like ours, like that is not something that's overly sexy. It's not something that gets us going. Um, I do believe that with some of the the decisions made throughout the draft, throughout free agency uh, via trades, things of that sort, um, he's going to have a lot more, tools you know in in his tool belt so to speak Um, and i do think that the defense is going to have a little bit more success getting after it i mean honestly you're not getting much worse than 26 29 sacks whatever the hell it was last year um you know so i do expect big changes there and then on the hurts side of that coin um you know uh, again i don't know i don't know the confidence that that i would have throwing to some of the receivers that we had had out there but a big part for me I actually don't question the arm strength. I do question the mechanics at times, especially on the deep ball. Looks mm-hmm. like he's lunging a fucking brick out there, but um, like Jeff Garcia throwing his entire body. It that's his, exactly his, what it looks like, dude. It's it's so weird. His but, awareness and anticipation is rough. Anticipation needs to definitely pocket, be a thing. In the pocket, he's he, he's good with that. He can evade those rushes. He can clear himself a lane. The whole issue that he then has is once he's broken that pocket, in my opinion, again, this is not what I do for a living, but in my opinion, you just sit here and you watch this guy get outside the pocket. He's got one thing on his mind. He's got one receiver on his mind. And he does for the most part. Like if he's going to run, and I, I never have a fear about him getting hurt or taking off inappropriately. But I do have a fear if he's locked in on uh, a Goddard and just hoping to God he's going to be there. He may miss three wide open deep throws to a Quez who's got no one near him. And that to me is something that has to change. It's how you see the field beyond that first, that first read both inside and outside the pocket. Um, and I do believe that, that with a more established wide receiver group out there, he's obviously got the trust in Devante. He's a, a legit number one coming in here now with AJ Brown. I think that the pressure comes off him to be perfect and he just needs to start trusting to put the ball somewhere near those guys, and good things are going to happen. So, um, well, I, go ahead. Sorry, Shane. So, 
we know like we have we have Hertz, we have Minchu, we have Reed Sinet, but I'm intrigued by Carson Strong and uh e, was it EJ EJ Perry. Mm-hmm. Um the top two undrafted quarterbacks come here, both of them. Um and look, we know that quote the QB factory from a couple of years ago. Um <laughs> does this is this a sign like we know that Car- or seeing that Carson Strong has a cannon for an arm. Now I'm not saying he's gonna come in here and start year one because he's not. I don't even think he's gonna be a a good professional. I don't know if he's going to be a good professional quarterback. Um, but is this like a more of a we can get something for Gardner Minshew while we have him and let Carson Strong potentially or EJ Brown, EJ Perry, whichever one is better, potentially be the backup? Um, or do they have a legit chance if Jalen Hurts struggles this year to get on the field? What do you think, Connor? Um, I mean, I think you just like we were talking about last year uh, during a lot of very frustrating shows. If you've committed to Jalen Hurts, he has to be really bad, like take a massive step back to even consider moving to the backup quarterback for any stretch of time during the season. Um, And I just don't see that. But what I trust to, if he does take that step back and doesn't move forward, take the shot on a guy like Carson Strong? Absolutely, because then that opens the door to another discussion of, Maybe he leaves a window open where we don't necessarily need to leverage those two for a sex tier. But as we know, as we've seen with a lot of quarterbacks, they'll come and they'll give us a couple really good games. And then when we're ready to name them the starter, suddenly they hit this wall and they can't do anything about it. But like, I mean, I agree with Rufus Rogers. <laughs> Strong had a cannon up for an arm and string cheese for knees. That's the reason he dropped this. You might not want to you... mention that to Shane. He has uh, issues too. <laughs> You, you'd you be putting a uh, lot of risk and all your marbles into Carson Strong, who could be a knee injury away from never being the same again. And that's my issue there. And listen, I, I work with a few player evaluators who absolutely loved Carson Strong. They had, them, they had him as a QB1 in this class. They really liked him. They thought he had the... He had the mechanics, he had the arm, he had the awareness, he had the accuracy. He just didn't necessarily have the medical and he didn't really, he does. So durability became a concern and mobility becomes a concern because he's like Ben Roethlisberger. He cannot move out of that pocket with any real confidence. And it's not to do with the leg, but everything to do with he's moves so slow. It's like watching slow motion, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger flashed to mind when I watched that guy tuck the ball and attempt to run on tape. I think you've, you've fully committed to, to Jalen Hurts at this point, and you stick to being fully committed to Jalen Hurts at this point. So something that um, Mr. Crockpot put, and, and I agree, I love the A.J. Brown move so, so much. It's all on the line now. The Eagles' O-line is terrific. Devontae should take a step forward. Zero excuses for Hurts, and that's everything. 100% agree. Yeah. As we've mentioned time and time again, this is it for Jalen Hurts. He has to prove that he can be the quarterback. And as Eagles fans, we want him to prove that so that, so that we have, like we've been mentioning, this capital to go up and improve other areas of the team. We know that this team isn't complete right now. We know that they have issues in the secondary. Um, maybe want to get another pass rusher. They need, they need, we need a starting safety and we need a, a CB2 for sure. Um, we, we believe we have the pieces in to, to for, for right guard. You know, it could be Cam Jurgens, which was a you know a, a pretty a really good pick. If you th- when you when you take a step back after the pick was made, you're like, why did we do that? But you think about it, 
Kelsey's only going to be here for another year. At least, I mean, I mean, we have been saying that for four years now, but but Kelsey's going to retire someday. It's going to suck, but Kelsey's going to retire someday. And I would not move Dickerson from right from left guard. Dickerson and Mylotta on the left side of the line, leave them there. That's your decade left side. Don't touch them. Let them dominate the left side of the line for a decade. Um, you, you you have Jurgens at center. You figure out that right guard Johnson probably has a handful of years left um, to play top a top notch ball before you have to figure that out. Um, they're going to probably draft the quarterback. Obviously not our running back. Excuse me. Now, obviously not in the first round because um, I think drafting running backs in the first round is kind of dumb. But like in the second or third round, you'll be able to. They have another. They have an extra what third round pick next year or some or second round pick. It's the a second round. I think it's a second rounder in 2024. Okay, so they have the extra first next year um, from the Saints, a second rounder in 2024. You know, you can leverage some picks here and there to maybe get an extra second or third to take a running back that's coming out next year. Um, so that's kind of one thing. But if we look at the quarterback position, and, and I think uh, Glenn Rivers actually has been bringing up the name Will Levis from Kentucky. I'm not a big Will Levis guy. Um, maybe that's because he went to Penn State before then, and I can't stand Penn State. <laughs> Um, but there are other quarterbacks that I much rather have than Will. Le- like I don't know how bad the Eagles are going to be. I don't know how bad the Saints are going to be. We have to take that into account. We get the Saints' first round pick. So if if the Saints are bad, which we hope, but and it's going to be different with the Saints because Sean Payton's no longer the coach. So we don't know. Like they have weapons. They have Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, but Jamin Jamison Winston is their quarterback. Uh, Jamis Winston, excuse me, is their quarterback. Um, their offensive line is so so like. And, and, you know, their defense, they have some weapons, but who knows what they're going to be like. We want to – we are all going to be whoever the Saints play fans <laughs> because if we can get a top five pick from the Saints, that will help us out and getting a very good player, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a another position, that could help this team along the way. Um, so I don't know your thought if, if you have thoughts on that, Shane, about ne- next year's QB class. I know it's a lot – real early. We're a year, a year away. You know, 2023 mock draft should be coming out in the next day or so or something like that. Um but like Makai Moore from Alabama would be a good pick. Jordan Battle, the safety from Alabama. And I'm, I'm only naming Alabama guys because like I, I'm, I'm a fan of Alabama, so being able to watch them. Will Anderson is going to be the number one overall pick. If the Eagles were able to get lucky enough to get the number one overall pick, Will Anderson will look great in Midnight Green. It won't hmm. happen because they're not going to be that bad. But they have, they're, they'll be able to get defensive help instead of wasting capital on a quarterback. I don't know that you can keep saying it's the second time on the show that you said wasting capital on a quarterback. Theoretically, it's not wasting something if you go out there and you address a need and that need works out. Um, but I understand the thought process there. Uh, yeah, look, ideally, and, and people keep saying it in the chat as well, you know, ideally it, it is Hertz takes a, a definitive step forward here uh, with the pieces that are here. And he, he kind of deadens that like we need to go make a quarterback move. Um, and that makes all the difference in the world. The next year you do, you get to sit there and you find more defensive tools to go out there. Um, you, know, you find another edge guy, you, you, you find another you know, legit top end corner, you find a safety. Um, and, and suddenly this football team looks really different if you use both of those first round picks in that capacity, as opposed to utilizing one of them on a, a quarterback that you hope, um, you know, as opposed to the quarterback that we, we sit here and at this moment, no. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it, look, if it had to go the way of a quarterback, I'm with you. Um, you know, not a huge Levis fan, but um, you know, I, I could. Um, dude, at this point, I'm not turning down a Bryce move. Uh, I, I think it'd be tremendously fun to sit there uh, and see more Alabama talent on this football team. Um, I am very pro becoming, you know, Alabama North. Like, I'm, I'm good with this. 
Um, and I do think it'd be fun to sit there and watch them, you know, uh, you know, watch them compete with, uh, you know, some former Alabama talent, uh, on that side of the, on that side of the ball as well. Practices so, are going to look great. You're going to have the Alabama offense against the Georgia defense. Practices I mean, it could be fun. Yeah. That's like um, the sexiest I, thing you can say right now. I do. I do want to point out as we're talking about offense, about Cam Jurgens, um, and Mr. Crockpot said, did anyone get a pack of beef jerky? Um, that is awesome If that he actually got a, a pack of beef jerky. If, if this is true and he's actually going to do a taste test on the channel, I cannot wait to see that. That's hilarious. Um, but there's a, like, there's a question about Kennedy Brooks, one of the Eagles undrafted free agents, but they didn't draft the that. Back. We know Miles Sanders is – is this the last year of his deal? Um, they drafted mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Gainwell last year. Um, they brought back Boston Scott. They have Jason Huntley. Um, I think Kennedy Brooks has a chance to make this roster. We, you know, Jordan Howard's Absolutely. not going to be here. They need a they need that big back. And I think you know, and Kennedy did Kennedy Brooks play with Hurts for a year? I don't. I'm not 100 sure if he was on if he was with mm, Oklahoma. Or I think he, I thought I saw that he might have been there the one year, like just one year together. Yeah, but I, I do think that Kennedy Brooks has a chance to make like. The Eagles have had great, you know, Corey Clement was an undrafted free agent, had awesome Super Bowl. Josh Adams was an undrafted free agent, led the team in rushing one year, which is ridiculous. I, mean, I don't even think he had 500 yards rushing, but somehow led the team led the team in rushing. They've had luck. The one thing, you know, we talk about. Um, I mean, look Howie at the Rosen. line. It doesn't matter. You can, you can throw us back there, and, and we're probably <laughs> averaging 50, 60 yards a night. I don't know about that. But, like, but one thing, <laughs> we, we, over there in the past, we have been really harsh. We've been really harsh with Howie Roseman. But when it comes to, you know, undrafted free agents, he, within five minutes of the draft ending, like they had Mario Goodrich on, you know, already signed. Um, they were able to bring in the two quarterbacks, the, the other two, Josh Dobe and Josh Blackwell, um, for, you know, from um, Duke. They were able to bring in the middle, middle Tennessee state um, safety, safety yeah. uh, blank. I think it's blank. Ross Blankenship. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, Ray Dittinger today compared Blankenship to Kevin Byard, who came from the same school was drafted by the Tennessee Titans and is an all pro safety. Now I'm not saying Blankenship is going to be that, but he, you know, middle Tennessee state has that, you know, they're able to develop those safeties. So maybe, you know, it wouldn't shock if he's on the roster, a special teams ace, it can become a, become a starting safety. Yeah, Glenn um, Rivers says Josh Adams. That was another UDFA yeah, that we, he got a chance with us, and he kind of exploded more when he got when he left Philadelphia, and he had his brief moments in the spotlight. But I, I agree. K- Kennedy Brooks to me, he is underwhelming. He doesn't. He's done, he lacks much explosion. His speed isn't necessarily great. But if you look in the comment section, Mister Crockpot breaks down some really good stats about him. 20% of carries went for more than 10 yards, seven yards per carry through his career. Um, he that, got that's that wide open offense of Oklahoma. It is though. a wide open. He's got an incredible 4.15 yards after contact. Like there's some really good things to like about him. And I liken him more to like, he can be the thunder in this offense mm-hmm. than to the lightning that is like Kenneth. I like Kenny Gainwell more. I'd like to see him get more of an opportunity. And I, I think really, he's more of a slot receiver. I, I think he's more of the receiving back too, but we saw when he was given the opportunity. Yes, it was against like you know teams like the New York Jets and stuff, but when he was given the opportunity, he he did some really good things. So I really like Kenny Gainwell and whatever. It, if if Miles Sanders emerges and becomes can get past all these injuries and stuff, 
great because it would be nice to be able to bring him back on a cheaper contract and keep him around because he can do a lot with a little. We've seen it. His five yards per carry is one of the best in the NFL over the last couple seasons. Constantly five yards per carry. He just doesn't score touchdowns. No, he doesn't score touchdowns, and that's the risk that you take with him. And that's when a guy where a guy like Kennedy Brooks comes into play, a guy who can feast off the contact and get to the end zone. Not all the running backs need to be able to get to the end zone. It would be nice, but in today's NFL, there are no more like Connor, you gotta give me one. There, there's but in the NFL now, there's they're all committees, man. They're all two-headed backs, they're all like I know, but you can nobody, get one. You're the starting running back. You should be able you to get do, one. Yes, you should get one. You should get a couple. I absolutely agree. I think Shane's shit sitting down there shaking his head. I'm sure we should all agree he should be able to get at least one or two. But at the end of the day, what he does in the open field for us and what he does, like when you think a play is dead and he busts off 12 yards and you get yourself a first down, that can't be undervalued and just because of his inability to find the end zone. When you can find other guys who can do that, oh, hell, I mean, get the Boston get me Scott. <laughs> that's, so that's one thing good. Rufus just said, which I actually one hundred percent agree with. Howie, Howie has definitely treated J- Jalen like a side chick. He was out <laughs> in public trying to replace him with every available vet. When he couldn't get them, he settled and went out and got hurts a present. They're not lying <laughs> there. Like they they went out and tried to get. Russell Wilson tried to get Sean mm-hmm. Watson tried. They tried to upgrade at quarterback, which you can't blame them. Like if you can get an upgrade at quarterback, you get an upgrade at quarterback. But you're right. Like they had, he has the offensive pieces around him now. No, I said it before. I'll say it again. No excuses. You better go out there. I don't want to see you missing, missing Devontae Smith, uh, Smith late. Quez Watkins running a seam route. He's open or D- Dallas got it running a seam route open. Throw the ball. Get it to him. Give him a chance. Having A.J. Brown is going to help over the, over the middle of the field. It's going to help the 50-50 balls where everybody thought it was going to be, you know, Ortega Whiteside was going to go up and get him, which he can't. A.J. Brown will go up and get him. You you see the um, – you see when he's going down the field, he's going to get go after the ball at its highest, highest point. That's what, the, that's what you need, and I think it's going to help Jalen Hurts. Put up or shut up time. Put up or shut up time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Shane, if you have anything else to add, and then we'll get to our grades. No, man, you can go to the grades. We're at an hour mark already. I'm just sitting here. All right, well, let's, let's go to the grades. I mean, we <laughs> kind of alluded to it early on. Like, I think we were all ready to give this a, at minimum. He could have given it, gotten an F on the whole draft, but that A plus for the AJ Brown trade automatically locks him in at at least a B for all of us. I give this draft an A. This is an easy A for me, Jordan Davis was an a a a plus pick especially now we can move on from fletcher cox enough of this garbage with all that money javon hargrave might be done we don't want to get locked into these guys again i think how he's starting to learn his lesson we don't want to get locked into these guys into their age 32 33 34 season and when they become unproductive and we're paying them 10 plus million dollars a year um cam jurgens Great pick. He could start at right guard. Nick Sirianni was non-committal about what he wants to do at right guard. He could start there. Isaac Samalu could start there. Um, Jack Driscoll's Jack still Driscoll. there. Like, there's lots of names that are still there. But if he gets to play, no matter what, he's learning behind the best. And he is compared to Jason Kelsey pretty much through and through. And Jason Kelsey helped make that pick. So that has to be an A-plus pick. Um, N'Kobe Dean, A-plus. Sh- easy. With ease, A+. Plus. In the third That's round, a first-round yeah. talent in the third round. The other two, Kyron Jones and Grant Calcaterra, 
take him or leave him, whatever. We needed Calcaterra a tight end. Calcaterra might be tight end number two. That's if he Calcaterra. can stay healthy, he could be tight end number two. We need a Calcaterra. We need a tight end. Don't have, uh, you don't have faith in Tyree? He's coming back off of ACL. I don't know if he'll be ready. Yeah, Tyree could be a while coming back. And if we want to talk about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in, on this show right now, I'm going to tell you right now, Shane, I will shut that down because Grant Calcaterra 100% should be the two. J.J. is only being moved to, He's only been moved to tight end for the sole fact that, that he, it's, it's a chance to cut him with reason. We gave him a chance at wide receiver. He sucked. We gave him a chance at tight end. He couldn't beat, it. He couldn't beat anybody out, so he's gone. That is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's story. This is how, how he's going to get off and be like, well, I know I missed on Metcalf and stuff, but at the end of the day, really, we cut him. We're cutting our losses. You got what you wanted. We're trying the Howie voice. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Before we, Shane, before you go, there was actually a comment um, that I wanted to – that Mr. Crockpock, remember the preseason poll that had Daniel Jones ranked higher than Hurts last year? Do you remember the the I think it was the uh was it a PFF poll that had Jalen Hurts outside the top forty had Kellen Mond higher than Jalen Hurts? Had, yeah, it was insane. I think that was Chris Sims, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, was Sims. Chris was Sims put out his top forty, and all these like day three quarterbacks from the year prior were ahead of Jalen Hurts, and everyone was like, "We we think you forgot Jalen like, Hurts," Mond and he on, said, "No." He literally said he didn't. Well, he just doubled down on it to say no, but there's you know for damn sure that the man just forgot it. (laughs) All right, Shane, what's your grade for the Eagles draft? Uh, It's an A, man. Uh, You know, for me, you know, I I, I think that, uh, you know, that that first pick, while not overly sexy to a lot of people, uh, you know, the the need that it it takes uh, up the middle on on the defense is huge. Um, it's another tool for a very vanilla coordinator over there. Hopefully that, you know, could do some different stunts over there and, and have some fun. Um, you know, uh, look, the second pick again, uh, you know, I'm not the sexiest of things in the second round, but uh, look, man, I trust anyone on a line from, from Nebraska. Right. And granted, I'm pretty sure no one off the line from Nebraska has been successful, overly successful since like 2010. I want to say so. It's been a bit Ron so they Dane? were due, huh? Were you gonna say Ron Dean? No, 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 no. I said on the line. Damn it, on the line. Uh, yeah, I think it's been a it's been a long time since a first or second round uh, offensive lineman. But they're just big, man. They're just and granted, he's smaller for his position. So that, I'm talking in circles with this one. I love him though, so it's an A. Um, it took me a bit, and I think I only love him because we got the AJ Brown thing, and then we also. Nicobe Dean in the third, man. I mean, that just that's your draft right there, man. That's uh it's been so long that we've under undervalued the linebacker position and where we don't have enough talent on the line despite how much money we've put we've dumped there over the years. And you just get beat with poor tackling and poor coverage in that middle section. Yeah, we don't have, have Alex Singleton missing a thousand tackles a game. Right. So we we don't He's have in Denver that. now. Speaking of another piece of can't remember if we can curse on your show or not. Speaking of another awful person from Nebraska, did what's his name? Uh, uh, the original Alex Singleton, Nathan Gary, went to fucking <laughs> Nebraska. So he was also really, a safety at Nebraska, not a linebacker. Where he, which is ridiculous. Last time he was with San Francisco. Now he got cut immediately. That's what happens in Philadelphia. We overvalue this garbage. Well, he was on their practice squad or something like that. Oh, it's just stupid. Yeah, apparently we we should stop looking at corn huskers. 
Um, I I really like Jojo Doman, but apparently that that could very well be why they didn't go with Jojo Doman, and why he went to be uh, went on to be a UDFA. And I don't know where he went, but I remember he got signed. But I really liked his tape. I thought he could be a good coverage linebacker for us, and but might have to move to safety. But then I'm sitting there and I'm like, watch. <laughs> typical, typical. Um, LJ, what about you? Grade? I'm going to give it an A because you, you have to include the A.J. Brown. And I'm going to look at the undrafted free agents like Josh Job, uh, Mario Goodrich, um, Carson Strong, the, the returner from Utah. Like we've, What's his name? Um, who's the guy from Utah? Oh, uh, Britton Covey. Yeah, like we, I don't want to see Jalen Rager return kicks or punts ever I mean, again. He's not going to be on the team. Put, well, he shouldn't be. But you know how he might be like, well, you know, he had a, we got him in the first round. But did you see that there was a report today that said that that Howie stands by that he will be on the roster? Come, I saw that he got he got permission to go and start seeking. Yeah, I I saw that too. I saw that that was on at the start of day three. So obviously Howie was hoping he'd be able to get a day three pick. He didn't get a day three pick, and now we're staring like, no, no, you got to get rid of Jalen Rager. I'd take Britton Covey over him. 100%. 100%. There is no doubt in my mind, Britton Covey. Yeah, you saw that video go around after we signed him the, the, in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. He had like that 97 yard. Like, that's against Ohio State, has a bunch of speed. Like, I need a guy back there that's going to give us good field position, that's going to catch the ball, not let it bounce 10 times so that we're down at the one yard line. Mm-hmm. Britton Covey should be that guy. Jason he averaged Allen, 16 yards per return, punt return. Specifically I wonder if they're going to try to put Devin Allen back there. The guy that just won the 110 meter hurdles at it really does sound like they want him as well, like they want to keep him a bit open. But if you're gonna keep Kobe or you're gonna keep Allen, somebody's gotta go in that wide receiver room, and that is 100 Jalen Reger. You're not gonna keep seven wide receivers or six wide receivers, so it's, gonna who's Reger. Both parties. it's gonna be Devontae, like, and this is really early because obviously injuries and whatnot. But Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Quez Watkins, um, Zach Pascal. Greg Ward. Ward. That's fine. I completely forget Zach Pascal's. And okay. Oh, by the way, Zach Pascal needs to give up number 11. AJ Brown should be number 11. <laughs> oh, 100%. Just, I just agree. I, but so my thing here is if you keep Britton Covey, you have to cut Greg Ward. It's it's a one way. They do. Greg, they, they would have well, the same. Well, if Miles position. Sanders ain't scoring in the red zone, you got to keep Greg Ward because it's the only thing it does. This is true. Uh, so, see, we have a very big dilemma here, but you can't at this point. So, you've already named without keeping Jalen Reger, you've already named what five wide receivers that we have to keep. You're not keeping seven wide receivers. And if you keep six, I can almost guarantee Jalen Reger makes a cut. And a guy like Britton Covey and Dev- Dennis Allen keep, are going to get cut. Do they not keep Greg Ward? Is this the year like. Do they get do away with the Greg Ward experience? I get I like Greg Ward, but at this Dang. point, Britton Covey can one hundred percent replace that production. Well, let's be honest. We now have a, a legit one. And <laughs> yeah, one we do. Receiver. Our wide receiver room is good now. Yeah, well, so we have really, enough here. We're it's okay. a nice problem to have. So we're sitting here and we're debating who the six wide receiver kept should be. My opinion is keep the specialist. Britton Covey is a specialist. He can he does pump returns. He does kick returns. If you want to chuck him in the slot, he could be the next Braxton Berrios. Periodically, he'll appear and you'll be like, holy crap, I forgot that guy was even in the NFL. And then he disappears for another year and reappears a year later. Keep the specialist. 
And Jalen Breger is not the specialist. He well, showed it last so year. He muffs so this many is a times. Conversation, this is a conversation we're going to have to have in the future, obviously. Like, as we get towards camps and whatnot and we start doing roster projections. Um, but, yeah, like, the Eagles have – Howie Roseman, as we mentioned at the beginning, hit it out the park. He had a great draft. This is, He had a gr- good draft last year as well. I think Howie is finally not reaching. He's going best player available regardless of need. Go best player available. In your mind, there's a lot of people that liked Kyle Hamilton over Jordan Davis. I can see, you know, going one way or going the other. I can see the the pros and cons against Davis. I can see the pros see Kyle and Hamilton's against. lady with the handshake in there. Yo. You. Yo, <laughs> like, he got himself a G. <laughs> he got, he got hey, himself girl. a G. But, no, but, like, if, if, if that's what how he's going to do, because you know, he might lose Andy Weidel. Andy Weidel might be the next GM of the Steelers. So they're gonna, they've lost so many people in that front office that it. I, I kind of think they had no choice but to give Howie a, a, a contract extension. You know, he'll just have to keep building up that front office as as they've been doing. And now, you know, just keep going best player available. I don't care about need. Like, the more talented players you have on your team, the better chance you have of being a successful franchise. Absolutely. I mean, we have to, like, at this point – Everybody has done a 360 on Howie Roseman. And listen, I've been on this show all season going back and forth with LJ saying, like, give Jalen Hurts a chance. Let's see what Howie can do. You know, we went back and forth for, at this point, it's been hours this past season about these two guys, Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman hit this out of the park for and in the name of Jalen Hurts. So it is time for Jalen Hurts. Like you guys said, no excuses. It's time to step up. I've defended so Jalen Hurts. Gift and exactly. Baby. Exactly. Thank you for that. Thank you for everything. Even if we continue to be run heavy, you can continue to be run heavy if it means you succeed. But the pass game has to work when you need it to work. Like LJ has said, you don't see many teams go to the Super Bowl on the backs of being a 60% run, 40% pass team with an ineffective 40% pass. So he needs to become, you can be 50, 50, 60, 40 run. I could give a shit, but we. Oh, need so you to can be- curse, man. That's Sorry. I've been sitting here holding it the whole time. <laughs> so Damn. you, to me, to me, you. You just have to be effective when it comes to throwing the football. It just has to happen. He has to be able to be effective when it has to count, and there's no excuses. Now you got Dallas Goddard, you got Devonta Smith, you got Quez Watkins, you got A.J. Brown. You got it all plus the offensive line to boot. So couldn't agree more, LJ. Any final thoughts, Shane? Uh, also, let, remember- the people, let the people know where they can you know, reach you, any of your podcasts that you have going on. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I have a myriad of shit getting on now. I can say it, uh, <laughs> to whomever said in the chat, they appreciate the posters behind me. Thank you. Mrs. Incredible had some, dead um, so I'm always a fan of her, but, uh, you guys can get me on Twitter. It's at Shane underscore mead. Uh, I am part of the brotherly pod team. If you like flyers hockey, we talk nothing about hockey on my show. <laughs> flyers side chat records on Monday nights. Stress whenever the hell they decides to, uh, that is at brotherly pod. Uh, or brotherly underscore pod, excuse me for his. Uh, and then the gentleman pod. So you guys can get me there. Uh, I do two shows over there. Um, and the website is uh, the gentleman podcast dot blog. And the Twitter account is uh, at gentleman underscore pod. 
took me a second there. I think that's all I do. I can't recall anymore. So you I think lo- you can I, manage I podcast? Oh my god, I do a Phillies podcast too. It's ridiculous. I talk to people a lot. For as much <laughs> as I loathe human beings, I do talk to you quite often. But that's why you don't do it in in person. You you do it with a microphone. That's true. And Something periodically a camera. So <laughs> so uh, this is nice, man. I get to look at you know look at you guys, read a chat. It's a good setup you guys got over here with the painted lines. I hope you're not watching you. the Phillies game, by the way. Listen, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> and I hate to cut off this this. The, the comments going on because they are full fire taught with this discussion but you guys have join been us awesome. again next week guys <laughs> absolutely join us again be in there we will comment as much as we can but my, my keeping focus on a show and the relentless commenting is wild this is great <laughs> i love it i'm glad um, we have that back and forth though but to return to my guy glenn rivers I don't love Will Levis yet. I need to see a lot of development. He's like Jalen Hurts in college for me. I need to see a lot of development, whereas I think there's three or four guys at the top that are more sure things for the NFL than Will Levis. But there's a ton of people pumping up Will Levis and giving Will Levis insane amounts of love within the scouting community. So I'm prepared to wait this year out, watch this year, and see what happens. But I can tell you right now, I'm not sold on it yet, and I wouldn't be sold on it in the top five, top ten. But as Mr. Crockbox said, AJ Brown and Nicobe Dean. Let's freaking go. Let's do this. I can't wait for the for training camp. I can't wait for preseason. I can't wait for week one. The Eagles are gonna be fun. And like they went to the playoffs last year, but it was like a boring playoff run. This should be <laughs> exciting this year. They have the best team in the NFC East right now. Absolutely. We've been given a reason to turn that TV on and watch them, whether it's a good team or a bad team, and be able to give a full-on, res- well, hopefully respectful conversation about the game. Because last year we were like, well, you beat up on the bad teams and you lost all the good teams. This year, I have seen no reason why we shouldn't Speaking be competing that, in two weeks, with some we give of our first seven, We give our first uh, schedule win and loss record after the schedule comes out May 12th. Just saying. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. We're gonna give our we're gonna give our projections. Uh, the the Eagles will be seventeen and zero, something like that. Maybe ten and seven, <laughs> nine and eight. We're two weeks away. How the hell the... do you go from seventeen and zero to ten and seven? <laughs> I said, you never know. I gotta look Wait, at the schedule you... first. I gotta see who's playing, who they're playing, where, when. Shane, we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Are you really asking how we can go from seventeen and zero to nine and eight? Schedule. You know what I've known now a long time. My bad. Should've and known. I think on May, if I'm not mistaken, May fourth. They're they're gonna announce the um, international games, who's playing in them, and the Eagles potentially could be playing in Mexico against the Cardinals, but we'll see, we'll see about that. Uh, but thank you all for listening to the Kelly Green Hour, a little longer than an hour. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at the Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54, and also the Painted Lines on you know YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter. Just their website, Facebook, they're literally everywhere. Yeah, so follow them as well. Eagles, Howie Roseman gets another round of applause from me. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently arrives. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside.